those, check out the website zenbitchslap.com. So to get things underway, I've selected a passage from the AA Big Book, and then I'll hand it over to Paul, who will talk for a while before we open the room up for questions. So here we go. Today, Paul, um, where I'm going is, uh, is the uh, topic of faith that is talked about in We Agnostics. I'll start on page, it's kind of a long reading, so bear with me. I'll start on page 53 of the big book. Arrived at this point, we were squarely confronted with the question of faith. We couldn't duck the issue. Some of us had already walked far over the bridge of reason towards the desire shore of faith. The outlines and the promise of the new land had brought luster to tired eyes and fresh courage to flagging spirits. Uh, friendly hands had stretched out in welcome. We were grateful that reason had brought us so far, but somehow we couldn't quite step ashore. Perhaps we had been leaning too heavily on reason that last mile, and we did not like to lose our support. That was natural, but let us think a little more closely. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, for did we not believe in our own reasoning? Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we had been faithful abjectly faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time, exclamation point. We found too that we had been worshipers. What a state of mental goose flesh that used to bring, uh, that used to bring on. Had we not variously worshiped people, sentiment, things, money, and ourselves? And then with a better motive, had we not worshipfully beheld the sunset, the sea, or a flower? Who of us had not loved something or somebody? How much did these feelings, these loves, these worships have to do with pure reason? Little or nothing we saw at last. Were not these things the tissue out of which our lives were constructed? Did not these feelings, after all, determine the course of our existence? It was impossible to say we had no capacity for faith or love or worship. In one form or another, we had been living by faith and little else. How's that do you? Thanks, yes. It does me well. Welcome everyone, Paul Alcala. Thank you, Mickey. You're welcome. Yeah, this, uh, I was sitting at a meeting one time and they were reading the big book like we're doing now and they went over this section and I hadn't read the book in a while and when I did that section hadn't grabbed me but it did at this meeting about this faith starting on page 53 because you know what happens a lot of the time in my experience is things happen and accumulate and then we're brought to an understanding that we didn't arrive there on our own, but uh, the conditions that change through recovery bring about new understandings. And then there's a reflection on 
your life in another way instead of the inquisitor or the, you know, the punisher or the judge, but you see, um, you just see, or you become aware of a lot of things that seem to make sense to you finally. Not the mental logic like they're speaking about or the God of reason, but somewhere in your innermost or in your gut, or you get these intuitive thoughts and feelings. And uh, things are sort of explained, not in like a staccato way of the head, but more like a streaming, a feeling of of uh, something moving through. And this this whole part really caught me where I was at at that time. And again, when they talk about on the third step, you have to quit playing God. And then he brings up the God of reason. So maybe uh, basically this needs to be a, a, a questioning of our deep reliance on self. Yeah, because the problem resides in the mind. And you would, most people would say reasoning is part of a mental process. And there's a God of reasoning, or that we've made reasoning a God, and there's got to be a quit playing God. uh, Or you could see reliance on that reasoning, which is the whole mindset. Yeah, it's a self-centered mindset. And everything is seen as how how it pertains to us. And the us may be self, really, in this statement, like in page 64. It may be we see everything on how it pertains to self, not us. Yeah, and that's a huge difference. You know, that's like uh, relinquishing with really without knowing it living and then uh, having an interpretation replace that. Yeah, and then there's a reliance on self. And like it says in the fear inventory, why are we in so much fear and or anxiety? He doesn't say that, but fear. Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So you would say reliance or faith in, yeah, you could use, you could switch the words pretty well. So there's a faith in self, which is described in perhaps there's a better way. We're now going to trust the infinite rather than finite self. So the first condition we find ourselves is, is in deep faith in finite self. And then after the drinking stops and all the all the drama you start getting down to causes and conditions and you see truly uh the reliance on self uh, has been the source or the cause of a lot of, of a lot of the conditions i've been living in and then you know every for every person fear is a big one but if you follow the what's being stressed in the book big book is that fear is an effect of self-reliance yeah i mean i think that's a pretty good diagnosis and maybe if maybe uh if you could just stop looking or believing you've seen the x-rays and you know what your problem is and maybe rescan those x-rays and maybe you'll see them differently maybe you'll see something in there that you didn't see and maybe what you see will bring you to bypassing fear as the cause and seeing self-reliance as the cause or the God reliance on the God of reason. And then the quit playing God may have a lot to do with the God of reason. Yeah. So, I mean, the diagnoses are in there, the book. Yeah. Just like I, uh, the book is seemingly written pretty, pretty, uh, simply, but man, I got a whole lot more understanding by listening to Joe and Charlie uh, at the beginning of my sobriety. I mean, if you don't know Joe and Charlie, they were two old dudes from the South that got moved by great generosity, really, to present a take on the big book that really illuminated uh, this way of life for a lot of people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I. I had listened to my interpretation of the big book by reading the book many times, and it was so refreshing to listen to their interpretation because theirs made a whole lot more sense than mine. And I forgo, I, 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 I put aside the faith in my interpretation and I listened to theirs. Yeah. And, uh, 
when I listened to theirs, I saw my role in things, the fourth step, and I was really, you know, the fourth column of the fourth step, and I got really jazzed up. And at the break, I went back to my motel and did a fourth step, which it took me months to do before. I did it in a couple hours because I had an understanding of my role in things, where before, the only under, I looked at everything from the understanding of their role in things. <laughs> I didn't see, I didn't see my little participation, which was rather large. <laughs> how are you gonna? How is gonna? How is there gonna be freedom from the bondage of self when we're completely? Uh, <laughs> we feel the bondage of self fits us well. You know, I don't know. I mean, it just becomes the norm. Yeah, and we can't experience, we can't entertain any possibility other than trying to be free as self. We can't entertain the possibility that self may be something foreign or, or uh, not the whole of us or the all of us. It could be just a very loud figment that has a megaphone. So, in the, you know, from the control box that we listen to all day, it's sort of infected it and is now directing us to live a life uh, based on its agenda, really. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's all laid out there. So to have that statement on the first paragraph on 54, on uh, the last sentence, so in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. All the time would include now, yes? I would say now is a, a, a large part of all the time. <laughs> here comes the cat. So <laughs> come on, babe. Yeah. All right. Come here. Come over here. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I think now is sort of captured in that statement. So if you read it as, so in one way or another, we, we discovered that faith had been in, had, is involved all the time or, that faith is involved now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you feel that way? Do you feel like how you're looking at yourself and situations in the day is really uh, tinted quite a lot by faith? Yeah. That faith has a lot to do with our attitude and outlook, how we view things right now. Yeah. And that faith, the diagnosis of recovery is that there's an inordinate amount of faith in finite self yeah that we have to lose interest in that and gain interest in faith in self in the infinite yeah why because that's that's the cause or the root of the dilemma yeah the root of the dilemma is trusting finite self now Let's say if you could see different degrees of trusting or having faith in finite self, you would have to put on a very high level of degree being identified as self, as a form of faith in self. Yeah, I don't see how you could not have that as at least the top two of, of, of uh, reliance on self. I would say it's way past all the others, which is you're identified as self. Wow. I mean, so basically, knowing it or not, you're relying on it all day. Yeah. To the point that you've taken yourselves to be it. We've taken ourselves to be it. Yeah. So all day, no matter what happens, the assumption is it's been self all day. That's a huge amount of faith. Yeah. It goes against a lot of our experiences. Yeah. How many times during the day that you've been free from self? Quite a lot. Yeah, when you're doing something you're interested in or doing service or whatever, you have huge gaps where the, the fact of being self isn't true. Yeah, it never has been. Yeah. Just simply by doing service, you bring yourself out of that reliance on self. Yeah. And now you're relying on the program because you weren't going to freaking do service, but it was suggested. So now you're doing service and you're getting an incredible result. Yeah. I feel bigger and I feel available. Yeah, exactly. That's called living. 
That's what we feel. We finally feel living. <laughs> and then we rush back to the interpretation. Oh, I'm a great servant of God or whatever, you know? It's just... <laughs> It's not going to not do that, but you can see it instead of being, instead of looking from it. You can, yeah? You and I are before everything. We can see it. We can see stuff that we're not seeing now. Yeah? A lot of stuff we're not seeing is because we're looking from everything or at everything from a fixed mental uh, position called self-centeredness. Yeah. I think the program is about shaking that that shaky foundation to begin with so that you recognize how unreliable it is yeah so then the spirit of the third step becomes an incredible like migration of interest and attention from self to the higher power yeah and then you're an observer of that and an expressor of that yeah you can't write yourself into the story more. You're the ex the expression of the story or the effect of the story. You're not the writer of this thing, are you? No way. So this assumption, we have a lot of them we're standing on that aren't, they're shaky completely. And of course, when you're feeling like something's shaky, you don't want to look at it. So you find ways of distracting yourself. Drinking's a pretty damn good way. Yeah, you can make such a mess up, you won't see the, the fearful mess you're really afraid of looking at. Yeah, you'll be so occupied by court cases and shit like that, you'll never see what's actually going on. And I think that's the mental strategy. Yeah, let's keep you really busy with all this shit going on so you don't see what's really going on. Yeah. Sounds like a, a, a servile, uh, uh, indentured slavery to me, yeah. So this is really, uh, so in one way or another, we discovered, have you discovered this? Yeah. Yeah. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. Not a faith, it's not your Catholicism or, or Islam, it's obviously a force of something, yeah? Like gravity or dark matter or whatever. There's certain forces that affect us all day that we have no idea they're happening. You know, no one bitches about gravity when they're going up those steep stairs. They're, they're bitching about the staircase, yeah? But it's gravity that's producing the effect. The staircase ain't. <laughs> Yeah, it's gravity. Yeah. So we're out to lunch. We have no idea. So how do you find out a good way to find out about the effects of gravity? Go into an anti-gravity chamber. We don't have one at the house, but if you could, you would feel by its, its absence, you would know gravity. Yeah. So this is how you know self, by its absence. From, by having relief from self, you learn about self. Yeah, and it's not us. I don't care what you want to call it. Oh, it's part of us that's renegade. Great. But whatever part it is of us, it says it's all of us. Yeah. Its whole take is not, oh, I'm just a minor player in this drama of life. No, I am the character of this drama of life. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So somehow we can't go on our way to, to try to minimize it, we maximize it. So we enter the program and then we get a condition which is losing interest in self. And that becomes the basis of the new way, yeah? We lose interest in self and we gain a lot of interest in a lot of other things that are much more rewarding now than the interest in self is, yeah? So... If you've been free from something for some 30 something years, you probably get a pretty good idea of what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if someone imprisoned me for 30 something, 20 years, and I've been free from him, I probably won't forget him when I take a look at him. If he's brought into a, you know, one of those, you check out all the uh, suspects, I'd recognize it in a second. Yeah.
Yeah, that's what used to fuck with me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm really happy to be here uh, for one reason only. You know, I I gladly would step aside if I would hear some of this before, but I didn't. You know, I didn't hear. Uh, This really, uh, really allowed the solution of recovery to take effect, yeah, is to recognize the problem, yeah. Yeah, so, all right, thanks. Thanks, Paul. Uh, now it's time for everyone to raise your little virtual pause, raise your hands, and um, ask Paul questions. So Paul, what you were talking about um, really illuminates for me what Chuck Chamberlain used to say, the process of the action steps uh, is to uncover, discover, and discard. What we're uncovering and discovering and discarding is self. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's actually selfing. It's it's activities, honey. <clears throat> because by giving them a, a, a name called self, you've already gave them too much. Yeah. Right. So it's they're the activities. verb, not the not yeah, the noun. They're not they're a mental activity that has us believing we're a noun, so to speak. Right, yeah. right. And it's the mind process that makes us believe that we're a noun. Of course. It, because the fact is it isn't true, so it has to be reinforced all day. Yeah. Something yeah. that's true could stand on its own. Something that's not needs to be propped up all day. Yeah. It does. It has to be reinforced. So the head is really busy doing that all day. Yeah. It's reinforcing this idea of being a self. And that's what kept me drunk for so long. And it's not volitional also. You see, part of the idea of being a self is a huge a sense of volition when you really have nothing to do with a lot of stuff. The sense of volition really causes us not to have the courage to look at what's going on because we we are afraid to find out we did all this shit. yeah you haven't done it you're not doing it something is doing it but it is not of us it is of a mental condition yes that's what causes us to really not want to have knowledge of self because knowledge of self would bring on a responsibility that we don't think we can hold yeah, so let's avoid the shit out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So in discovering uh, selfing, we're actually discovering not what I am, but what I'm not. Yeah, exactly. And concerning what you're not, th there'll be a much more stronger possibility of being fearless and thorough then it will be discovering what you think you are because you don't wanna know <laughs> a lot of that stuff because you already believe you're an asshole, you're a bad person, you're not lovable, all this shit. And therefore it has all that stink around the door of freedom so you don't enter the door of freedom, yeah. You don't, you're relying on self. Yeah, when, you know, it's not us, it's just a reliance on self. We're just light, light goes one way or the other. Yeah, when you lose interest in self, the light that's focusing on this idea gets withdrawn. And now you focus on other ideas, like living and stuff like that. Seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, loving, yeah, you know. When you're when that light keeps like uh, that's what addiction is really, the light is gets kept getting brought back to a freaking dead idea really, to the to the point where some of us it brings us to being sick and tired of being sick and tired, 
Yeah. And yet there's no, even that may not move the light. So we, we admit that we're powerless concerning this. And then the program moves the light from self to the infinite. Yeah. That's what it does. We admit I can't do it. And then something does it. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Then the my is a, is a word in English that when spoken emphasizes a lot of meaning. Yeah. A whole lot of meaning. It changes everything that comes after it. That's how powerful it is. It's not the my, it's us. Yeah. But a problem turning into my problem is a total different beast. Yeah. What does that tell us? You know, when you see all this stuff happening, seemingly through this long lasting independent separate thing called Paul, that is beyond investigation. I know I am Paul. I know Paul. But what's really Paul is representing is a lot of a lot of meaning being given to stuff. Yeah. And then reacting like false evidence be giving to us and then reaction to that false evidence as if it's true, setting off trains of circumstances that bring us misfortune, we feel we don't deserve, all these things, but didn't we trigger it? Yes, it's us, yeah, we're the, we're the force of nature here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could the worst thing that ever happened to you be seen as the best thing that ever happened to you? Yeah. You would, how could have the worst thing ever, it would take probably a lot more time to turn into the best thing if, yeah, but it wasn't the worst thing nor the best thing. It's where you saw it from. Yeah. You saw it from, hey, this is a real drag getting pulled over by the cops. That's the worst thing. And you see it from uh, three months of recovery and go, well, that was the best thing of happening to you getting pulled over by the cops. Yeah. The event didn't change, did it? No, but the meaning did. Don't you see that's what we are today, all day? We're giving meaning to everything all day. I mean, if we're so uh, obsessed with ourselves, well, wouldn't you notice that? I mean, Seriously, unless the obsession has a different purpose, it's not to become clear about you. Yeah, it's not. The obsession is to reinforce the idea that of you. Yeah, the you that you're not, I would think. I mean, haven't yeah. you seen your head obsess over fucking inane shit? Yeah. Yes. And you're thinking, why? This is so stupid. No, there's an agenda to it, which is to reinforce the idea of being self. How do you keep reinforcing it by obsessing over it? <laughs> That's how it does it. <laughs> it's not promoting forgetting of self. I'm telling you, it isn't. Oh, yes. My whole agenda is to promote forgetting of self. No, the head's agenda is the opposite. It wants everything to be remembered as self. <laughs> Are you going to win that over? <laughs> You're going to turn that into a service animal? No, no way. <laughs> you just see it. You become aware of it and you understand it and you take that giant veil of volition away and you recognize it. Yeah, it's mechanical. You, you, Mickey or me, Paul is not doing it. We're not sitting here doing it. Yeah, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> where it's being imposed upon us as kurt would say you know self-imposed shit yeah it doesn't say paul imposed it says self-imposed so self is imposing stuff on this idea let's call it paul yeah to the point that paul is now just aka self yeah and it get, constantly gets caught and thrown into a tizzy that self can't get out of self because the story of Paul is that he can get out of self. It can get out of anything, yeah, by lying or doing whatever, yeah. But in this case, it never works because Paul isn't Paul. It's the identification as self, yeah. That ain't going anywhere.
Yeah, yeah. Yes. I mean, I've overdosed on Coke, which is not uh, an unaware event. You're aware of something. You're not like heroin where you go out. You're totally aware of something. Yeah, and you, you're aware of your body flipping out and your heart going off and the, the blood rushing up. You're aware of it. Yeah. 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 You would think that would put get you out of it, out of self. But I'm, te- I'm here. I didn't die. And I'm here to tell you it didn't work with me because that was the agenda. I was trying to get out of self by shooting large doses of cocaine. Yeah. And I wasn't, I didn't go out. I was, I was awake. I was, you know, on while the body was uh, expiring. Yeah. There was no exit. <laughs> I didn't see the door. There was no exit. I was in the same room I'm always in. <laughs> Suddenly, that stress didn't make a door appear. <laughs> you didn't see the light. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> you can't get out of something that you're not in. You can't. This I- is the dilemma. The head convinces us we're in something that we're not. And then we're trying to get out of it all fucking day. Yeah. We're afraid to stop and really take a look. Yeah, because it has all the guilts and shames, you know, up against the door. So you won't you don't want to see the door. You don't want to go through those, you know, I'm really an asshole. I am a fraud completely. You don't want that to hit because you're a paper mache character. Yeah. And you're trying to give it weight and depth all day. It isn't. It's empty. Yeah. And it's a it's crashing for it. Yeah. You think that addicts don't have spirit, don't have pride? Of course they do. In their little venue, if you're not a tweaker after shooting cocaine for seven days, you are up there on an, a different echelon of drug users. Yeah, and then you look at the tweakers as fucking amateurs or minor leaguers. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. Like in business anywhere, there's this thing going on. Selfing is a, you know, that pride. Yeah. yeah. It's got so much shit on us, we're afraid to really look. Yeah. And that's an incredible uh, deterrent to getting down to the exact nature of the wrong and the causes and conditions. Yeah. 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 And what is that but faith in self? If you don't, if you, if you're afraid of being a fraud, you're going to feel like one all day. Yeah. If you finally admit, basically everything is fraudulent. There's a little piece in there, yeah? Like every point of view is fraudulent and yet as a point of view, it's valid, yeah? But in fact, this, yeah, it's a point of view. (laughs) And And any view based on a point is usually fraudulent in a sense, yeah? (laughs) You see it from some place, no, well. I don't want to go in there. So it's all here, isn't it? He says it, faith. Everything that you're finding right where you are has been produced and brought. you've been brought to there by faith. What? <laughs> I thought I was carrying me. No, faith. <laughs> yeah, faith. Faith, faith, faith. Wow, that seems like a powerful force, yes. Should, should I be playing around with it? Probably not. <laughs> I think I'm going to surrender and uh, turn this faith, this will and life over to the care of something that knows better. Yeah. And maybe can bring out the maximum use of myself and others through that process. Hallelujah. Yeah. And maybe I'll be reestablished in being able to enjoy peace of mind, knowing serenity. Yeah. Comprehending all this stuff that I was incapable of comprehending. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. None of us are garners. As long as you're breathing, you're able to be recycled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? I mean, I'm sure if you took a survey of 100 people that knew me when I was out there, probably would have gotten 100 feedbacks that he's going to be dead, you know, in a few years or in jail or institutionalized because that's what was, what was happening already. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't like a prophetic bet. It was just seeing Paul. Yeah. What happened? That hasn't happened, has it? No. Is it special? No. Yeah. It's faith, really. If faith is there, anything can happen. Yep. So, and faith's there. Or here. Oh, yeah, honey. Thanks, Mickey. You're welcome. We have a couple hands, Paul. Are you ready? Yes. We have a Drew H. from Wisconsin. Oh, hey, good afternoon, Paul. Maybe some tricks and tips regarding the newcomer and and being of service. Thanks. Uh, Again, Well, I would just first be of service and then you'll learn the tips and shit. Yeah. So be willing to be used and you'll be used. And then you'll learn, you'll learn like, uh, hey, it's best to go to a, a 12 step call meeting to go see someone who's actively drunk with two people. Yeah. You'll learn that because you realize if you go by yourself, shit may happen. Yeah, so you learn these things by putting yourself out there. So being willing to put yourself out in service. And then sometimes it may bring you to the point where you'll see that uh, trying to help certain people is, uh, is keeping them from their bottom. It'd be best for them just to keep on doing what they're doing. So you start having discrimination and, and uh, you start relying on how you're feeling about things when you came in not being able to rely on you at all. You start relying on the intuitive thoughts and everything. Yeah. So the thing is, is to be in the game, how it's going to be played, I think, is moment to moment. But to be in the game, yeah, to be of service is, is uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the easiest way to get a sense of being out of self. I mean, really is. I've seen it. You know, you could spend eight hours trying to do something that service can do in five minutes. Yeah, because you're you're trying to think yourself out of a thinking problem. <laughs> it doesn't work. So you just do something else and then you're pulled out of that orbit or out of that ass of self. And if you have different feelings and different senses and maybe you get sucked back in. But that doesn't mean there's a forgetting of that other sense. Yeah. And then so you start getting a flavor of perhaps there's a this is a better way. There's other options than the only ones I've been playing. And it, you gradually change. Yeah. Yeah. I feel service is, uh, you know, here it's the easiest way to have that sense of being out of self, I feel. Yeah. That's why I think, you know, it's unity, recovery, and service. Service is so important because without it, there's not going to be recovery or unity. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have it by giving it away. That's the whole premise. So, yeah. And I feel like you, I feel like you have it uh, if you're willing to give it away. Yeah, I don't think you have to have it before you give it away. If you're willing to give it away, you'll have it. That's been my experience. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm not feeling good enough. I don't feel good enough about myself to do service. No, that's the, it, it would, it, it would usually provoke the exact opposite. Maybe doing service will help me feel better about myself. <laughs> One's relying on the process, one's relying on the problem. The problem says, oh, you're not feeling good enough to be of service. This is bullshit, complete bullshit. 
Yeah. It doesn't have to do with your feeling. It has to do with your action. You know, get out there and be available. Yeah. Yeah. After a while, it turns into a attitude of service. And then, you know, you'll find yourself at a Zoom <laughs> 33 years later <laughs> with the same spirit as when you used to go to the detox or something. Yeah. It's the same exact same spirit. Yeah. <laughs> this is easier. I don't have to find a parking space or even put on a pair of shoes or pants. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, service is available. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah, that's. Uh, You know, service is really not about you. <clears throat> and I find <clears throat> sometimes people are so obsessed with their intention, they think they're having by doing service. Oh, I don't know if I should do service. The guy who you're giving the sandwich to doesn't give a shit about your intentions. Yeah. He needed the sandwich. You provided the transportation of that sandwich from one place to that other place. He doesn't care. She doesn't care. Yeah. About how you feel or what you think your intentions were. You were of service, knowing it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me, I wanted to speak to everyone that received a, a bowl of soup from Jim. What do you think Jim's intentions were about uh, giving you that bowl of soup? I could give a shit. I wish he would have given me more crackers <laughs> with the soup. I wouldn't be, I don't care about Jim's psychology. Yeah. yeah. I'm in need. Jim helped me get something I needed. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. It's not all about us, you know. It's so it may be you're just gonna be at what transports a sandwich to someone's mouth. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> the all all the other yapping was miscellaneous. It was the point was the yeah, get that guy to the cot so he can lay down and stop hurting himself that night and hurting others, yeah, and lay down in the armory and then see what the next day is in store. Yeah, that was the job. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. And here we have Gary Clark. Gary. Hey, Paul. Happy New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, oh, I just had an experience of what you're talking about, just about whether to raise my hand. There's the, this talk goes on in my head. It's like, well, you shouldn't, because that's too selfish to raise your hand. Oh, and what do you know? You know, you don't want to make puffy. It, it, all that kind of stuff was like a feeling of raising my hand. But at the same time, there's this talk that says, well, you're not worthy of raising your hand. I don't get taken care of, blah, 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 blah. And I just recognized in that moment, oh, that's that's the thing. That's the thing you're talking about. That That's the opponent that would sort of say, would keep you from, say, doing service. So, yes. you know, so, you know, just take a chance and I raise my hand. So um, the thing I wanted to share about, though, is I was sitting in a meeting yesterday and and an image similar to when you talk about came up it's about how this addictive thinking is, is like wearing a pair of glasses. And, and, and it kind of grew on me. It's like wearing this pair of glasses that's also connected to a kind of a brain. I don't know, maybe a lizard brain that says, I need, I want, I'm, I'm anxious. I'm, you know, the whole thing. It's like a pair of glasses. And, and the beauty of this, and I'm grateful to you for pointing it out, because I never thought of it this way before, is the fact that I could see that I was wearing a pair of glasses at that moment, 
immediately then there's the option of being without classes. Yes. To identify them as classes, and these classes have a lot of effect. You know, they can give me a bellyache, I can feel anxious and and fearful and, and all of that, but just identifying them as classes, something that's separate, not me, yes. means that there, there's an option of living without those glasses. Yes. And I'm very grateful for that. You you brought forth that idea that never occurred in yes. my, the rest of my life. And so that's it's a minor thing. It's not like I'm going to go around breaking glasses, but just seeing that they're glasses means a lot. It means like I don't always have to look through the glasses. There's an there's another way. There's a better way. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. That okay. small important thing. Well, it's not that small. And that was thank you for that share. But see the the head convinces us its glasses are eyes. Yeah. So we don't have the possibility of taking our eyes out and putting some new eyes in. Yeah. But the fact is, that's why if you investigate, you'll see their glasses. Yeah. So the glasses isn't seeing the glasses distort the seeing that comes through them. Yeah. The glasses aren't seeing. They sure. either they either even a help would be a distortion, but they distort that which is seeing through the glasses. Glasses are just glasses, yeah. So, but one pair of glasses, there's been a certain like uh, narrative that went along with it, which is these are your eyes, obviously, yeah. And so basically, no one goes and feels the sea <laughs> because they think, what I, I, they're my eyes, yeah. So the possibility of changing that is impossible. I can't change my eyes, yeah, or this view. But see, once you investigate and you realize their glasses, it's sort of like the new employer, the old employer, the old glasses, the new glasses. So first you take off those glasses, yeah, and you put on the recovery glasses, yeah? But you're not gonna wear the recovery glasses forever. They're just going to assist you and then there'll be the scene, yeah? You'll be living without glasses anymore, yeah? Yeah, so sometimes when you look through glass, it corrects the vision, yeah? It performs a correction, and maybe there's a point when it's done its job, and now you have a correct vision. You don't need the glasses then, yeah? Yeah, so basically the reliance isn't on the gl new glasses, the reliance is on that which is seen, which is higher power, if you want to call it, yeah? And yeah. to me, that's, uh, there's a, a limitation to glasses, yeah? They're not what's seen, yeah? So yes, there's an upgrade with glasses, but basically they're still glasses, but this is the spiritual awakening is seeing in a way yeah free from glasses yeah yeah so this isn't about oh i'm bound to one pair of glasses now i'm bound to another no there's a freedom from glasses so to speak or like a you you're like a free range alcoholic and stuff yeah 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 so the glasses are a they're essential and necessary until they're not. Yeah. So, yeah, you you adapt this way of life, and then it becomes the way of life for you. Yeah. Just like it says, you know, you do the steps. Yeah, and then they do you, and then you you work the steps, then they work you, then you live them. Yeah. So there's a process that goes on. Yeah. Now a lot of the processes haven't been written about that clearly because uh, the people who had the, who wrote the book had the most four years of sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. So basically there's, you know, as it says in a vision for us, this power is constantly revealing stuff and people who
who come after us are going to you know be the way some of that stuff's going to be revealed so this is what's happening so yeah incredible important to become responsible and maybe that turns into an accountability when you see that it was the dog that took the shit on the neighbor's lawn not you even though you assumed your dog is you it ain't yeah so now I'm accountable for my dog taking a shit, but I'm not responsible. Yeah. I don't dwell on it for 30 years. Right, right. It doesn't right. promote a lot of guilt and shame more than for that day or when I'm talking to the neighbor. I'm not going to carry guilt and shame about my dog taking a shit because dogs take shits. Yeah. I have an understanding. Yeah, I'm not demanding the dog to be a super dog. I'm recognizing, yeah, dogs take shits. Yeah, so, yeah, you know what I mean? So I have a much bit clearer way of seeing the dog when it's not me than when I'm seeing it as me. Right. I'm thinking I should never take a shit on another people's lawn, but no, that's what dogs do. <laughs> dogs do doo-doo. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. See, it's, it's sort of like if someone had a vice-like grip on your neck, you wouldn't know it until it was released. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something like this suddenly it starts opening. And you go, "Wow, there was a vice-like grip around my neck." Since, as far as I can remember, you don't come to that conclusion until it gets relieved. Yeah. If you just had this all the time, it would be normal. You would think, yeah. Hey, yeah? It's sort of like we used to use the example of, you know, someone's born and then there's a hand put on their shoulder. So now their whole life they feel there's this weight that makes them wear, you know, one sleeve is longer than the other and all this shit. And they have tons of stories why their shoulder is. But basically, suddenly something happens and the hand is removed and then they know it was the hand. There was something on my shoulder my whole life. I had no idea. Now you do, yeah? So now you had no idea what was going on, but now you do. Yeah, because there's relief happening. Yeah? And maybe it's not looking as spectacular as you thought, but that's how the mental state minimizes what's going on. It forgets miracles in 20 minutes. Yeah, it begrudgingly accepts that maybe things have changed, but they st I still feel screwed. Yeah, it's just begrudgingly getting dragged into a new way. It's not jumping and skipping with us. Yeah, yeah. And, and the beauty of, of this insight that I attribute to you is that, ah, oh, that even that voice that's begrudging is part of the glasses. It's yeah. part of that selfish vision. Yes. And, and so that kind of releases its hold, just that recognition. Yes. Totally. That's uh, once you see something as other, just look at what they do in, in the army. Yeah. You know, in World War One or something, they had a big problem. Most humans wouldn't shoot at other humans. Yeah. I heard that. So they had to start convincing the army men to shoot at the other army people. And they realized if we can make the other people seem as other, then it would more, be more easy for the person to shoot them. Yeah. And over the years, their percentage of that working has grown from this thing. So, you know, every time there's a war, you know, there, you know, there was the nips or the what japs, or they're all, everyone, they're always making the enemy other. So that gives you permission to do shit you would never do. Yes? Right, right. In this case, we're making that thing that's, that's, that's enslaving us, this activity as other, with different results, but the same principle. If I see it as other, all new possibilities become available that aren't there when I keep calling it me. It's the same weird principle, but yeah. it's put to a different use. Yeah? Yeah. So, so when you start seeing, and then you get to the nub of this feeling of volition, it's like the anchor, no matter how much current changes and you could go this way or that way, you're dragging this huge anchor of volition of I'm, I've done it. I'm the one who did it. Yeah. 
but it always says you'll invariably invariably find that you made a decision based on self. So did you actually make the decision or did self make the decision or this idea of self and yes. So did you have volition? Volition is a made up story. Yes. When you were out there using, did you really feel like you chose every situation you ended up in? Or I just drove to the Tenderloin because I love driving to the Tenderloin, a place in San Francisco like Skid Row. Oh, I just, why do I find myself here? Oh, I'm just frolicking and interested. No, something drove you there. Yes? Something drives us all day. Yeah, I just don't see how, how are we going to arrive somewhere if we don't even know where we start from? I mean, seriously, maybe you're already in LA. Yeah, maybe you're already free in a sense. Yeah, from the bondage of self. So, yeah, I'm just stoked about this possibility of sharing with all of us and um, hopefully you know, you come, you come away with a little lightness, yeah? yeah? And hopefully that lightness becomes the norm. And you start seeing, hey, I'm traveling lighter without any thought effort on my part. Just spend a few hours listening to certain ideas and now it's starting to work. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then now you see that yapping isn't you far out. Yeah. Is there more of a possibility of not listening to it if you see it as not you than if you see it as you? Definitely, if you see it as not you, there's more possibility of not listening to it. Most definitely. So there you go, really. Yes. Yes. The point is, we're trying not to listen to it. Well, what gives you a better possibility? is realizing it's not you then keep constantly calling it you yeah mm-hmm. seriously mm-hmm. it gives you so much more possibility you can't imagine when they're not available yeah yeah so yes yes yeah all right thanks thanks again yes thank you and that looks like it for the hands, Paul. Well, great. <laughs> That's good, yeah. Right uh, on time, huh? Oh, is it? Oh, good. Does the uh, Zoom has taken over the Zooms. The Zoom programming has changed the Zoom experience for me. Now I have a very crowded square on one page. Yeah, they've added a whole other level of squares. So <laughs> I wow. and this doesn't tell you the time. I got to move it down. All right. Well, Mickey, thank you for the wonderful job. And uh, you bet. I really, I really suggest reading, you know, page 53, 52, 53, 54, and see what conclusion you come to. Yeah, about this, this movement of force called faith yeah just see i mean it has a lot of uh it's not usually emphasized that much but i think it had there's a lot in there yeah so all right we got paul from the uk nice to see you pablo thank you paul tommy from ireland kurt and linda nice to see one of you yeah alex always a pleasure yes we got Ruby Rose. Nice to see you, Ruby. We got Kim N. There she is. She's pondering like the thinker. Let's not, uh, don't emulate that statue. Yeah. That's, that's at the doorway to hell for an alcoholic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that dude should have done some service. <laughs> no. We got Gary C. Nice to see you, Gary. Joseph in France, always a pleasure. Nice to see you, Joseph. 
We got Randine. Randine is on the move. Yep, there she goes. Looks beautiful there. Nice sky. Palm trees. Sweet. We got Jono. Jono, UK. Jono's probably wishing he was in the square of Randine. Blue sky, palm trees. Yes. <laughs> oh, we got Terry from Maine. She's inside for a reason. It's probably cold there in Maine. Yeah, yeah. Wow. We got Roman. Oh, and Barbara made an appearance. She's just sticking her. She's got a little foot in just a little bit of the water. It's okay. We drowned. Barbara, you got drowned long ago. Yeah, yeah. We got, uh, there's uh, not Jacob. Nice to see you, Jay. Oh, PK has been in the house. Uh, there he is. He just woke up from a 20-year slumber. Yes, nice. We got William L. He's uh, rocking a nice shirt there. Nice to see you, William. Stefan on having never left. We got Carl. Nice to see you, Carl. We got Chris from Lexington, Kentucky. Nice to see you, Chris. Amy from Seattle. <clears throat> there she is. And she's uh, sort of live. She's got a virtual background, but there she is. Yeah. Nice to see you, Amy. Michael Stacy from Madeira. Yep. His childlike nature is floating on the water of tranquility. Yes. We got Fiona. And we got Anu. Nice to not see Anu. She's not here, but I think she's still in India. Oliver from Berlin. Nice to see you. Uh, we got, oh, Verena. She's making a guest appearance. Great to see her. Not see her, but Jana. Is that right? Jana, yes. We got um, Susanna W. She's off work today, I guess. Well, all right. Hey, thanks, everyone. Pleasure to see you all. And uh, we'll be here today at 4.30 Pacific time doing a little non-duality samba, you know. What's that old song by, uh, what's his name? Uh, Billy Idol, Dancing With Myself. There you go. <laughs> uh, thanks, everyone. So 4.30 Pacific time. And then when, you know, everything's on Zen Bitch Slap event page. And thanks. Thanks for coming. Nice to see you, Kurt and everyone.